This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, folks. We are joined by Dr. Joe Cantor, the state health officer for the state of Louisiana. Doc, welcome to the show. Thank you, Newell. It's good to be back with you. Doc, let's start with a flu update. Where do we stand? No, we're doing okay. Um, We peaked around uh, pretty close to New Year's and have been declining uh, both in in flu and, and, and COVID cases rather consistently since then. We're at a point now where just shy of uh, about one in 10 ER patients across the state are, are in there because of a respiratory virus. Um, we're no longer leading the nation. There's a handful of states that have caught up with us and a few that have surpassed us. And um, our downward progress slowed a little bit the past two weeks, which is understandable given Mardi Gras and gatherings and so forth. But we're still going down. So I think we're in a good place, and I think I, you know, I think in a large sense we've been pretty fortuitous this flu season, just the way the timing has played out for us. Um, and on on the horizon, any other variants that have uh, has anybody's attention at the present time? It's kind of more the same. So about ninety percent of the cases now are this JN. One variant. This is another in what's become a long litany of subvariants of the Omicron subvariant. Um, Omicron has really kind of taken over, and that's you know it's kind of good news in one sense, and that's because the the the, the vaccines and the boosters now are tailored specifically to Omicron. So the fact that we haven't mutated beyond the Omicron family, we've kept it all within this larger Omicron family, is good. It means that the vaccines are holding up pretty well. Actually, data came out earlier this week that showed the vaccines did better than expected, not just in preventing um, hospitalizations and death, but actually in preventing symptomatic infection, which is not something they had been performing well in before, you know, uh, since the initial uh, strand came out um, at the early part of the pandemic. So, you know, there's going to be always new variants, but so far they've been in this Omicron family. There hasn't been a real curveball, and that's made it rather predictable. So um, I think that's relatively good news. And this JN1 that we're seeing now, there's nothing that unique about it. The symptoms are rather the same. Um, the therapies, Paxlovid, they still work just as well. So, no game changers yet. Doc, I was reading an article the other day about the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices. That's the one folks that were giving guidance on the COVID-19 vaccines and how they should be administered. 
they only have about half of the normal number of members on that committee, no chairperson uh, at the present time, and four of the seven remaining members are slated to end their tenure at the end of June. And it's, look, they're saying that there's been no movement to replace any of these folks. Is there a shift in the focus, or is CDC wanting to do something else, or how's this going to work? Yeah, I saw that, too. This is a real head-scratcher. No, so the, the, the ACIP committee, the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, is a CDC body that makes formal recommendations for the nation on what vaccines are recommended, what people should get. And anyone that's taken their kid to the pediatrician office is, in some sense, familiar with their work because the vaccine schedule that, that we all you know, vaccinate our kids according to is a product of this ACIP committee. It's an incredibly important committee. It's got usually 15 people. I think eight slots are open now, including the chair, as you point out. And I really don't know why. From what I understand, from what I've heard, the CDC has forwarded quite some time ago their nominated individuals to, to the larger department, to federal HHS, and HHS just hasn't moved on it. And, you know, now we're in an election year. Vaccine skepticism is, you know, one of the topics that's become a campaign issue. I, I would really like to see this committee get fully staffed with a chairperson and get onto its work, you know, well ahead of the election and any potential transition in government. Let them do do their work. So this is the head scratcher. I think, um, you know, we've talked about the new CDC director, Mandy Cohen, and, and I, I'm a fan of her. I think she's very smart and particularly savvy. She, she knows how to get things done in Washington. She's been an asset for the CDC so far. CDC needed it, but she's got to get on this because this is, this is an important committee and, and we need to be strong, particularly with, the rhetoric that's circling around this election cycle. But doesn't, correct me if I'm wrong, this committee is also kind of a check on, on what manufacturers and their representations as it relates to the alignment um, with the most recent COVID variant and and the vaccines that they uh, want to bring to market, right? In a sense, absolutely. Look, I mean, the vaccine manufacturers, the, the, the pharmaceutical companies, you know, if they had their way, <laughs> recommendations for their vaccines would be broad. I mean, they, they want the largest market possible. So they have a lot of lobbyists that try and expand the, the body of individuals who would be recommended to get a vaccine, like you would expect any lobbyist in that position to do. That's just the reality of it. It's the job of this committee which is made up of experts, pediatricians, immunologists, um, researchers, to actually look at the data, to look with a very critical eye at the studies that the vaccine manufacturers sponsored, compare that to studies that were truly financially independent, and to make the best decision on behalf of the American people. You're absolutely right. It's a very important counterbalance to whatever information the vaccine manufacturers are putting in front of people. And it has to be staffed with qualified individuals. I've known a number of people that have been on this committee and they've been um, just, you know, top of the game, world renowned, highly respected 
clinicians and researchers. Um, to have the committee half-staffed right now, <laughs> it's really taken the kneecaps out of this work. Yeah, it's kind of, it's really mystifying. Uh, but what's also mystifying to me, I mean, this is not just about COVID, right? I mean, this is about a whole lot of stuff. And and we're kind of on a new frontier relative to mRNA, uh, you know, as it uh, applies to these immunizations. It would seem to me that we're this is a period of time where we want to make sure that this committee would be as robust as robust could be. Yeah. I mean, COVID is like less than 1% of what this committee does. We talked a lot about the ACIP committee during COVID, and a lot of people learned about it probably for the first time just because of the pandemic. But COVID is actually a very, very small part of what they do. You know, you take a step back, we're looking at declining childhood vaccination rates around the country. Um, We just got over a measles outbreak in Philadelphia. Um, There's been measles outbreaks in other parts of the country, Ohio, in recent years as well. Um, And as you point out, the technology around vaccines is moving faster than really ever. And, and, you know, the the mRNA platform holds a lot of promise, but it, it it deserves appropriate scrutiny. And this is the body to do that. (laughs) So this is, this is probably the worst time I could ever think of to have, um, a really a half staff committee you know right now it's, it's it's a very crucial time when you think about what's ahead and what the challenges are around vaccines yeah let's pivot doc if you don't mind to the mardi gras season uh you as an er doctor uh i know y'all are always rocking and rolling during that season <laughs> during that season historically how is this panning out thus far for you guys very busy very busy i mean this is um ERs around the country, this is not just the Louisiana thing, ERs around the country are busier than they ever have been. The, the, the staffing supply is still strained, recovering from COVID. There are a lot of forces at play. And if anyone has had to go to the ER, unfortunately, any ER recently, you know, they probably saw a lot of people in the waiting room. So that's the situation that play coming into the pandemic here. In New Orleans, it's a little bit more taxed because Tulane Hospital recently closed down, so they have a freestanding ER, but um, some of the more higher acuity cases like strokes, et cetera, they try their best to route away from that. So all that said, it's a very, very busy time. And, um, you know, as you would imagine, volume goes up during Carnival. There's a lot of people in town. There's a lot of people doing things. (laughs) And, um, you know, if you can avoid getting injured and coming in, (laughs) it's really to your benefit right now because the hospitals are all pretty taxed. Uh, Any advice to our parade goers about uh, their safety, maintaining their safety? What, what what precautionary measures should they take? So I think about the injuries we see in Mardi Gras as big injuries and small injuries. The small injuries I think people know about, um, you know, getting hit with a bag of beads, um, tripping and falling, alcohol-related injuries. We see a ton of that in Mardi Gras. And the advice for that is pretty common sense. I mean, keep your wits about you. If the flow's going by, please keep an eye on what people are throwing. Be careful to protect children. If you're riding in a parade, do not throw uh, whole bags of, 
unopened bags of bulk beads. Um, look where you're throwing. You know, a lot of common sense stuff. I'll, I'll tell you what really keeps me up at night, both as an ER doc and as a father, is uh, I'm scared to death that, that a kid's going to get pulled under a float. You know, w- we had it happen to a couple adults in years past. I mean, everyone remembers that. It got well publicized. Um, I get really, really nervous when I see crowds of people getting up close to the float as it's moving by. All it takes is one slip, someone slipping on a bead on the ground or somebody reaching for a throw um, for a kid. You know, it could be dark. So my ask to folks is please give those floats some space. And, and, And if you see any kid getting close to a float that's moving, please, please pull them back. I really think it's a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny. I mean, I shouldn't say it's funny, but it's interesting. When a float slows down, uh, it's almost as if they feel like their safety goes up, right, Um, because of the speed of the float, and it's really to the contrary because everybody steps up and gets closer to the float when it slows down, and and that's when you're most at risk, I think. I I think you're right, and when it stops, too, I mean – you know, if you're watching the float, even if you're riding on the float, you have no idea when it's going to start moving again. They don't, they don't give a signal. They just start rolling. And, um, you know, it gets really crowded around these floats, and the ground is not even. You've got a curb, and then you've got a whole bunch of throws on the ground for people to slip on. So um, you, we, we really pride ourselves in New Orleans that we throw a party of this size and do it well. And we do do it well. The cops do a great job. I mean, everyone does a great job. And by and large, Carnival, for the amount of people that come in, is an incredibly safe experience. I'll just say this is one element of it. It's people, particularly kids, getting caught under a float that that really makes me nervous. And so I I always try when I'm at the parade to make sure the kids around me are, are, you know, being clear of that float. But you're right. When it slows down, people start throwing more throws. There's this false sense of security, and uh, it's, I think it's a trap. So, Doc, uh, as the proud father of two young kids, right? That's right. <laughs> two, two young kids. Have you, have you embarked on the latter landscape yet? <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we don't own one. We, we, we hung out with some friends that had a ladder. Last weekend, my, my four-year-old daughter was a little bit too afraid to get up there. My two-year-old son, as you might imagine, just just ate it up and, and couldn't even get him off. And by the time he got him off, he was you couldn't even see the kid's neck. He was just covered in beef. So he had a good time. And 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 you thought you thought uh, doing a three-hour surgery in the ER was tiring. Get up on that ladder in all the awkward positions that you're in. You find out that the surgery may have been a cakewalk, right? Oh, that's right. Well, sorry, I was happy to have the kid up there because it means he wasn't running around. I got yeah. so yeah. nervous around the float. I was happy to have him in <laughs> But it's funny how your perspective changes in a very quick fashion, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. At least out of the coin real quick. Yeah. Doc, final thoughts? Well, listen, I, you know, we've got a week left of the Mardi Gras season. The weather's going to be pretty good, I think. So, you know, have a good time. Be safe. And, um, you know, let's show our visitors around here what we do best. So have a great Absolutely. Mardi Gras. Bill. You have a great Mardi Gras season as well. Uh, and uh, we wish you the best. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we always appreciate your time and your insight. Thank you, sir.
Thanks, Noel. That's Dr. Joe Cantor, the state health officer for the state of Louisiana. We will be right back, folks. 504-260-1870. When we return, we'll visit with Joe Heron Muller, Unity Director, Community Engagement of Unity Greater New Orleans. We'll talk about the process of removing homeless encampments around the city and how's that going as we lead up to Mardi Gras. We'll be right back. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 